Greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place, Right Crime, and I'm your host, Frank Zaffaro, and this is an open and shut episode with Vincent Zandri. Now, I am sitting here on the eve of heading out to BoucherCon, which is in Dallas, Texas this year. It's the 50th anniversary of that particular mystery conference, which, if I'm not mistaken, is the largest mystery conference in the country. Uh, So I'm looking forward to it. It is fitting that uh, BoucherCon is happening over the Halloween uh, holiday because my guest for this show, Vincent Zandri, has a, a little bit of a supernatural to some of his work, uh, as you'll discover when we get there to interview him. Uh, but first, I want to let you know that Wrong Place, Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is a mid sized publisher of crime fiction, mostly of the dark and gritty kind. Uh, so if that's what you like, then uh, you can learn more by going to downandoutbooks.com. That's downandoutbooks, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books. Take the journey with us. And now let's, uh, let's meet and explore the work of Mr. Vincent Zandri. Uh, well, hey, Vincent, welcome to the show. Hey, Frank, thanks for having me. So I feel like um, you and I have been bouncing around the same set of friends, colleagues, publishers, uh, uh, magazines, uh, all this kind of stuff. For we have. I, mean, it, I mean, it feels like 20 years almost, or 15 at least. I think uh, it's been it's been at least 10. Because and like you know, because you and I are the Z's, you know. Uh, the only other, <laughs> the only other, the only other Z I know is Zelterman. Uh, he was a great guest. I'll tell you, a very forthcoming guy too. He was very honest yeah. about stuff, and I yep. really appreciated that. Very interesting guy. Uh, going back to your early career, were you right. were you writing a lot of short stories? Um, I, I start I, when I started out. Yeah, I, I was writing. Um, uh, I tried to do like the Hemingway thing, where I like started off writing newspaper articles and. Um, I, I got hired back, back in the early nineties when they still did this as a stringer, you know, to write sports stories and stuff like that for the local newspaper. And then I started in on short stories and I just thought that was the way to go. And then based on that stuff, I went to writing school, I got my degree and the book, my first, the first book I sold was, was my uh, creative thesis at writing school. And it was a crime novel. It was called The Innocent, but Delacorte made me change it to As Catch Can, which was a mistake. And now it's back to The Innocent. So, you know, but so that's basically how it all happened. That was and it, it's been that that was 20 over 20 years ago now. Eric Beatner gets a lot of credit for being the hardest working guy in crime fiction. And, right. and that and that goes towards more than just publishing stuff, you know, and, and, and sometimes I get a little credit for being prolific at a couple a little more than a couple dozen books, but you got us both beat. I mean, I think you're at least at 30. I think I'm over 40. And right now I'm, I'm sitting at, in my writing studio and I have three manuscripts that need to be edited. I have another that I'm going over right now that my, my editor sent over. That is actually a reprint the concrete pearl. I'm working on a new one. <laughs> like, and I, wow. I'm actually working on two new ones. And I, I, next in 2020, I will publish at least at least one book a month, not including books coming out from Down and Out and from uh, Ocean View Publishing. Wow! Well, yeah. you have you been saving up, or you just work that quickly? Nah, it just it's just been. I'm afraid to stop. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. I'm afraid, I do. like if I stop, 
then like it, I'll lose the juice somehow, you know. Um, uh-huh. And it's it's. It, I think you know, as you know, I do both. I do I do traditionally and independent because there's no way I could publish all those books unless I had my own publishing company as well. Mm-hmm. So, in my in my opinion, it really is a numbers game, you know. And and I firmly believe, like in in the in the in that Dean Wesley Smith philosophy of um, so long as you put out good to great content, and if you can do it, if you can do it fast, um, then why not go for it and just build up your list so that like even the small numbers add up, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, you know, that, that's a, brings up a, a good opportunity to, to maybe do a 30,000 foot view of the Zandri catalog here, because there's a lot to take in. So maybe we yeah. could do it on a more of a, on a, on a macro level at first here. Right, uh, right. And maybe the easiest way to do that is to look at what you are doing in terms of series. Uh, first right. you have, quite a few here so which which one do you want to talk about first i mean right now my most popular series is the steve jobs series the steve jobs pi series um i'm not sure why that took off the way it did um i think it's because he's quirky and he's more like an everyman mm-hmm. and not as not as physically tough as the others are but um mm-hmm. but my the series that's closest to my heart is uh the first one right off the bat and that's the keeper marconi series with um, Jack Marconi, and that was the one that was most influenced by like Spencer, and that did okay. And then, uh, then I started the Dick Moonlight series, which is really dark. That is a true noir series, and the Dick Moonlight series has more of um, more of like a niche audience. Like the people, the letters I get, most of my letters I get are for the Dick Moonlights, but they don't like like they don't they don't light up the numbers. You know what I mean? Like there's a select few people that love to read them. And and that was the one book that won both the Thriller and the Seamus Award that from that series, Moonlight Weeps. And then shifting over to the action adventure, the Chase Baker series is my real bread and butter series. That mm-hmm. that that does that does very well. Uh, some of these, the Dick Moonlight and the Chase Baker in particular, just based on looking at the cover, they have a little bit of a, if not horror, at least a cult sort of tinge to them um now is that cover telling the true tale or am i reading it wrong the chase baker ones definitely deal in the occult and definitely deal in alternative histories and there can definitely be a horror component in certain ones of them um but in a fun way in a pg-13 way for sure mm-hmm. in the oh, dick moonlights yeah. like one in particular murder by moonlight it's got, got a nice cover yeah, that that one is, can be constituted as a horror novel in that it's like about an act, a true an axe murder, and it's based on a true story. The only other like novel I have that could be considered a horror novel is, is in my Rebecca Underhill trilogy, and that that's one with the remains, and then the second book is the Ashes, and the Ashes definitely took on a horror tinge to it for sure. Do you read horror? Do you like horror as a reader? I don't necessarily read it, you know, like, uh, you know, when I sit down to read something, I, I like try to read either like um, a hard boiled novel, either by like you or uh, Charlie Houston or somebody like that. You know what I'm saying? So those those are like my favorite things to read for sure. But I don't like sit down and purposely read a horror novel. Mm-hmm. Do you watch the horror movies then? Is that where maybe the influence no. is coming? No. Nope. Are, are you just warped? <laughs> I, don't know. I think I'm just warped, Frank. Honest to God. Well, you know, and, and are you a history guy? Do you, do you dig history? Is that why the alternate history of the Chase Baker series? Yeah, I love I love um, archaeology, stuff like that. And uh, in fact, I, I, the thing about my Chase Baker books is I go to the places 
that I write about in those mm-hmm. things. And so uh, I, I literally just got off the plane a few days ago from Chernobyl. And wow. uh, so I don't know what I'm going to be writing that's going to have Chernobyl in it, but it's definitely going to be a Chase Baker book. And you mentioned that uh, one of the ones that are doing really well for you right now, these Rebecca Underhill books, and, and yeah. it's a, it's projected as a trilogy. There's two of them out now, right? Yeah, and I, I've promised the fans a third, and so uh, I'm going to probably start on that in first of the year, something like that. What's the premise of uh, of, of The Remains and, and The Ashes? The Remains is, um, well, first of all, the ba- it, there's, there's a backstory to it in that Rebecca Underhill and her twin sister Molly were abducted when they were 12 years old in the late 70s by this madman who lived in a in a like in a shack in the woods way behind their house and uh they never told their parents about it um because their father was a trooper that he would he would kill the man and so they kept it a secret and now um it's 30 years later and uh this man has been released from prison and and uh, he intends on uh, finishing the job he started with the girls. Unfortunately, by this time, Molly has passed away from cancer. But Rebecca is somehow able to communicate with her, and much in the way that uh, um, identical twins can sort of communicate without speaking to one another. So it's all about that, all about the chase. So it's a thriller with some supernatural pieces to it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to call it that, it's more like, you know, she'll question herself. She'll be like, I'm not really talking to Molly. Oh, but it just, it, it's just like, but she has Molly's voice in her head, and she, she's able to ask, converse with Molly. It's more like she imagines what Molly would say. Yeah, what, what, okay. would, what would Molly's advice be here? I got you. Okay. You know? Um, okay. But it's, it's more pure thriller. I know we're moving fast through these, but it's almost impossible not to when you have about 17,000 books. Um, (laughs) So so where would you recommend someone start if they've never read anything by by Vincent Zandri? Where should they go? Naturally, I'm going to convolute this, um, but you can go to Moonlight Falls and read it for free. But if if you truly just want to find out what I'm all about, um, then I, I would start with a book like either The Innocent or The Remains. Okay. And so then the next question would be, uh, what, what's what's coming out next? Um, I have, right now, The Caretaker's Wife has just been released in hardcover and audio by an ebook, of course, by, by Polis Books. Also, under my own label, I have a book called Primary Termination, which is sort of cyberpunk. Um, mm-hmm. and a little dystopian, and it, it's a planned trilogy. So that mm-hmm. that's out now, Primary Termination. What's the premise of that? Oh, it's it's the most consumer-centric, hugest online shopping retailer who's called Everest.com. Um, hint, hint. Um, <laughs> it's, it's the year 2028, and the last remaining editor of the last standing publishing house has to go home to live with her, with her parents. Now that Everest.com's or Everest um, direct publishing program has basically taken over the industry. And uh, so she's out of a job. And uh, what they convince her to do is, uh, what her parents convince her to do is join Everest's primary program. Um, and what that is, is um, that at the, comp- the corporation is willing to offer people a living wage so long as they only shop at Everest.com. But if you are to shop anywhere else, you, you suffer what's called primary termination, and, and you might be like, well, how's anybody going to know? Well, 
you know those AI machines people have in their house now? The uh, what do they call them? Uh, Alexa stuff like yes, that. Yes, Alexa exactly. Well, in my book, it's called Jackie. Um, Jackie has like evolved so much that she knows precisely what Frank likes to wear to bed, what Frank likes to eat, what Frank uh, is going to buy in a year from now, what what Frank's mood is. She knows everything about you, and she's also like she's all over the place. So like she'll know if you cheat, and so. Uh, what happens is anybody who, suffer, anybody who actually goes against the program and suffers primary termination, you're sent to a prison that is actually a fulfillment center. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's there's some tongue-in-cheek social commentary going on here. I mean, yeah, a little maybe, bit, uh, a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I can't believe I've been busted for it. But um, uh, Especially considering you're, you're part of Everest.com. <laughs> certainly am. It, they don't care so long as it's, it makes money, uh, but... You mentioned the caretaker's wife. Uh, yep. what, what's what's that about? Uh, the elevator pitch for that one is High Plains Drifter meets uh, The Postman Always Rings Twice. Ooh, now that's, yeah. a, good, that's a good log line. It, well, you know how it happened? It was uh, um, I get a call from the publisher, and I'm thinking like, oh, I'm done. My contract is, is done. I've gotten all my money. So I'm, I'm finished. Um, you know, everything's fine. We're all happy. And I get this call, like, where's your book? Where's your third book? And I'm like, what? I don't have one. <laughs> you know, and he's, uh, you owe us a third book. And, like, and in fact, we're going to the uh, distributors with our pitches and all that sort of stuff. So I need, like, a, I need a description, like, now. And so I, I like, hung up. I'm like, give me five minutes. And I hung up, right? I just happened to be watch, reading The Postman Always Rings Twice again and watching High Plains Drifter. So, like, I, I call back. I'm like, Postman Always Rings Twice meets High Plains Drifter. And he's like, brilliant. Done. Boom. <laughs> so I wrote it. And then you had to you had to put your money where your mouth was after that. Yeah, I, and I did. I think, it, I think it's a good book. But uh, so, that you know, it used to be. Years ago, I was writing like, oh, I want to be like Lee Child, right? Who doesn't? And all that stuff. But now, like, I write because I love it, because it's fun, because I, I'm okay at it. And uh, and now I, I really look forward to giving the whole catalog off to my kids and, you know, let them make it even better than it is and they can make some money, the whole bit. When you talk about uh, loving loving what you're doing and, and being engaged by the story you're telling, I, I, I think that's... Uh an important piece to it because if if you're not like that when you're writing it i mean it it, it bleeds through every word on the page oh, I and, think so. and, you know the reader yep. can sense your disinterest or your you know i mean how many times you've read a book and be like oh well the guy just you know she just mailed this in or he was right dogging it on this one and it, it you lose yep. respect for the author you're just you just put the book down you know um mm-hmm. when you're writing if the time's really flying past i'm sure you get the same experience if you find yourself like laughing or you give yourself a fist bump, you know, you're, because you're like, oh, I nailed that, um, then, you know, it's going well. And, you know, if a series stops keeping me interested, then I'm going to stop writing it. Well, it, you know, you, uh, you are clearly going to have a very busy rest of 2019 and 2020 promises to be even busier. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, You got a great slew of books here. I think pretty much unless unless you're into cozies i think there's something here for you uh, and, i hope so and 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 so uh readers should come to vincentzandry.com and check it out because there is a lot to choose from Th- thanks for coming on the show and uh i hope our paths cross in person soon i hope so frank thanks thanks again for having me i really appreciate it
Well, there you are, folks. Pretty good picture of who Vincent Zandri is and what his work entails. I really enjoyed my conversation with him. We talked forever. It was extremely difficult to pare that episode down to an open and shut uh, framework. So some hard choices uh, for me with my editor hat on. Uh, But I do hope you enjoy the final product, and I hope you check out Vincent's work. Our next episode, when I come back from BoucherCon, Terry Shames. Now, I've already interviewed her at this point, but uh, I will actually get to meet her in person at BoucherCon. She is one of the writers that I'm looking forward to meeting face-to-face. Terry writes uh, novels set in Texas, uh, the Samuel Craddock series, and we had a great conversation. So I hope you enjoy that next episode. I want to thank Vincent Zandry for coming on the show, for being a great interview. Uh, Down Out Books for being the sponsor once again. And as always, to you, the listener, you happy few who actually spool this podcast up, spin it in your ears and listen to what me and, uh, and, and more importantly, the guests have to say. If you're enjoying it, I know I am. It's a great excuse to talk to my friends and to make new ones. Next episode, Terry Shames. Until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you gotta be in the wrong place to write crime.